0: evening I feel like um, you know through the course of the week as I was praying on what to talk about to share um, I felt like the Lord did speak to me and has been speaking to me a lot uh, you know it 's funny it 's not necessarily that I think the Lord has been speaking to me for you but he's been speaking to me about me and and I only know how to process that which he's speaking to me because the Bible says all things are common among the brethren that means we have a uh, uh, a, a, a thing in common that we literally go through, struggle with um, uh, The same types of things, amen yeah. So, um, I, you know, I don't want us to get weirded out I I didn't necessarily hear the Lord for you, but I heard the Lord for me And I believe in hearing that, He wants to share That's with good. you, amen? amen Come on We're going to be discussing the topic of holiness yeah. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Amen <laughs> The topic of holiness You know, in my opinion, holiness is largely ignored in the body of Christ. It's an obscure topic, I believe, a really misunderstood topic. And through it being misunderstood, we uh, tend to shy away from it, I believe, behind the pulpit. Um, It doesn't necessarily build churches. It doesn't necessarily fill the seats. But how many know it's a needed message for the body of Christ? Come on. Holiness is a good thing. You know, but rather I hear I'm involved in so many circles, so many streams. Uh, not necessarily that I attend them, but pastor events, uh, prayer events for pastors, uh, even being connected with young people. And it's funny uh, the things that I hear about holiness. It's funny uh, the things that I hear about righteousness. You know, often these things are looked as legalism or religious uh, or religion or condemnation. You know, uh, and I don't view them as that at all. And I don't believe the Bible views them as that at all. Actually, I feel as though the Bible calls the believer to a life of holiness. Yes, Come on. Right. But you don't necessarily find um, that, that same belief shared amongst the brethren. And, and there's a lot of, I think, confusion uh, over this topic. And I hope to shed light to some of that confusion, even in our own hearts. Listen, I stand before you today with a wrestle in my mind and wrestle in my heart over the the issue of holiness. I'm constantly asking the Lord for clarity over this issue because I in no way want to be perceived or even in my own heart be religious or legalism. And there is a truth... Uh, to some of those feelings as when the preacher man starts talking about purity. Oh, Mr. Hellfire and Brimstone, here he comes. He's just going to lay it lay it on us and lay it on us thick. No, uh, there's a wrestle in my own heart to find truth. And I believe the Bible spells it out very plain. Amen? Yeah. You know, uh, to get back to my notes, uh, you know, often it's thought that, uh, that, that, Holiness is an idea uh, uh, that is just firmly based upon works of fanatics. You know, yeah. uh, in other words, Christians who just uh, are, are are fanatic about you must not watch this, you must not drink this, you must not say this, you must not listen to that. And although that is the truth, Amen. That there are some things that we shouldn't drink, there are some things we shouldn't watch, there are some things we shouldn't say, but we do. But there is truth in that, is there not? but sometimes when you hear a man stand behind a pulpit and start just you know spewing that kind of language i know for me i'm just like what come on i don't want a book of laws and i don't want a book of rules but yet but uh, systematically sometimes the bible does lay him down yeah. to a book of rules a book of things that the bible calls us to work out to do amen sure. you know but i want to say this even starting off talking about this topic of holiness is that holiness is unachievable, if that be a word, that's right. without love being the center point or being the root of that holiness. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I can't, I don't know about you, but I cannot even think about living a life of righteousness or holiness without, or, or, uh, without love, without love being the compass, the center point, the, the, the anchor... Of what drives that holiness, you know? Holiness needs something to drive it. It needs something to anchor it. And a lot of us can't achieve it because there's no anchor. There's no anchor of love. There's no anchor of genuine just love for God, love for His commandments. I won't want to butcher it, but I love what Bill Johnson says. Uh, and I'm sorry if some of you don't like Bill Johnson. I find that hard to believe. It seems like a lot of guys like him. Like uh, and I probably will butcher this statement, but he talks about uh, how, how, how love makes devotion effortless. Yeah. Love, other words, he didn't he didn't expound or give me a ten point message about what he's talking about. i rather he's a preacher. He's talking about God. He's saying rather love, love for God, genuine passion and desire for God makes spiritual discipline, devotion, even laws, yeah. effortless. It's it's legalism that makes it arduous and, and just yeah. not even worth it. So a lot of times we get a little uh, closed down, per se, when, when the preacher man starts talking about holiness because we hope he doesn't go you know, a direction that he shouldn't be and start breaking things down to, to rules and regulations that you need to do. It's funny. I see the truth in that. Even saying that today, I see biblical truth for that. But... We must not get confused that we need love to be the driving force of that righteousness, of that holiness. Love being the, the motive of when I'm sitting down with my wife and something pops up on the television and, 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 and a man is using obscenity or there's some kind of lewd or you know minor pornographic scene you know, on, on the television that I don't just sit there because I like the movie and watch it. Mm-hmm. That love to stay pure to remain holy oh, to on. do what is right turns the channel you see what i'm saying so love is the core i really think this is why jesus gave us the first commandment it's the basis it's the bedrock uh, per se of 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 what true holiness is 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 uh Is Its it's motive of true holiness is Love thy Lord, thy God With all thy heart, thy strength, thy soul And so on and so forth Amen? Amen. So today I'm not going to heap up laws and rules I'm just going to simply talk uh, Bible to us today And hopefully uh, Bring about a good case for holiness Maybe, listen, I don't want to get too negative Just because of some of my experiences Maybe you are fine with the message of holiness Maybe there is no uh, you know, reluctancy or attitude—that's awesome, keeping it. But if there's no attitude, if there's no uh, kind of confusion over the matter, you got to ask yourself: Is it working? Because obviously, if it's not confusing, if it's not even like, oh, please don't talk about this, if it doesn't seem to you to be legalism. If it doesn't seem to you to be religion or or uh, whatever condemnation. Then are you, the question is, are is it having an effect on your life? Are you actually living righteous and holy? When we leave this place, what is our actions? What is our speech? What are we doing? And even this far, when the Spirit of God provokes our heart to go to His presence, are we going, or are we just daffing out at Facebook and computer and and and, and, and uh, you know social events? Which of all are good? Listen, I love Facebook. I love movies. I really do love them, but they're not the core of who I am. Meaning, if the Lord provokes my heart and draws me away, you better bet you I'm going. Amen? Okay. So if if you have no kind of, all those things that we talk about, viewing as legalism, kind of like, oh man, come on. I mean, I, I would sit in some messages when preachers would talk about holiness. I'm like, please, do we have to talk about this? Can't we talk about the love of God? Can't we talk about faith? Anything my holiness. You know, don't heap up laws and, and rules for me to kind of be boxed in. And, oh, you better do the right thing, Daryl. No, no. Isn't that the, the, the case of the Pharisees? Isn't that what they did? They just heaped up things on people that they knew themselves they wouldn't do. Yeah. It wasn't that their message was wrong. Their heart was wrong. They knew they would just place things on so-and-so perceived to be somebody who they're not, and just keep up verbally burdens on people to say, you must do this, you must do that. There was nothing wrong with what they were calling the people to do. There was nothing wrong, it was biblical. You, I, you could probably challenge me that. So be it, we'll, we, we can go, we'll look into it. But in my opinion, there was nothing wrong with the trumpet that was being called. It was the idea that these men are not doing what they're calling people to. And ultimately, guys, that's where religious spirit is developed. It's not in the man who's living, or the woman who's living, sold out, holy and righteous unto God. That person is not religious. If he is, then sign me up, baby, because I want to be one. Often, the church looks at somebody. I remember my wife back in our church uh, in Brentwood, New Hampshire. Man, we would just be like, what? Don't you want a life? Like, yeah, we just did the youth group thing. Go into Friendlies or something. Go watch a movie. Right at PG 13th or even PG if you want. I'm not yelling, I'm just passionate. And we'd just be like, what's wrong with you? We did the church thing. It's over. Let's go on with life. What would Bethany do? She would go to her room. She would always be found in the place of his presence. And often, our attitude was this woman is religious, she is crazy. You know, and ultimately what was happening in that, that 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 closet, that personal place for the Lord, she was starting to just let out on the youth group, which is briefly in all sorts of havoc on, 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 on people who just uh, you know were not living the lifestyle, especially in my own heart. And it's funny, in the midst of it, I was calling my life my youth group to holiness and righteousness. I was calling them to a lifestyle, a devotion dedicated to Jesus Christ. But yet I was not living it. I'm not even talking about sin, people. I had no reality, no walk with Christ beyond that midweek service or that Sunday service. When it was time to do my thing, I put on my Jesus suit, walk into church, do it, leave, and be who I want. Now I'm not saying I was doing, you know, uh, you know, far out there sin. I wasn't, but my heart was cold. My heart was disconnected. I only put on it the presence of God working on the inside, but there is no reality of that really happening. You all know what I'm talking about, right? But often in the church, we deem somebody who wants to live righteous, who even bears the fruit, and you see that in their life, we deem them as legalist or or religious, and they're not. Some of them are the most... when When I knew Bethany, she was the most free person that I knew. And the free person I knew, if anybody needs sanity of thought... Our clarity on scripture, we'd go to Bethany. You wouldn't come to me. It'd be heresy. <laughs> listen, guys, this is so important. Even in your Christian groups, I talked to so many kids. Just talked to a young young guy last night who said, Listen, and he listen, hear him. He's not trying to perceive as though be perceived as though he is better than his peers. But he's like, Man, there is just a, a, a place within my friends, with those who I surround myself, to just be, just just to get along with life, and just don't do the God thing right now. Get through school, and just, you know, kind of put, going to church, kind of put, going to prayer on the shelf, kind of doing these things, and just put them on the shelf for four years. But something in my heart just won't let me do this. It's something in my heart grits me to want to give God more, to want to go to prayer more, to want to be there in church more. I don't know where he is today. Supposed to be here, but anyways. uh, (laughs) Listen, there's there's no judgment. Just thought I could laugh at you. Uh, (laughs) But he talked about I don't want to give in to the pressure of my friends, Christian friends. They say they deem me as I'm like off my rocker because I want to spend time with God. On a Saturday night, I want to be in prayer. They think I'm like religious. What are you kidding me? I'm not trying to be mean, just trying to be passionate people, there's something wrong with it. There's something wrong with that. Amen. Let's think about some of the scriptures here that talk about righteousness. Some of the scriptures that talk about holiness. I just want to start here. Blessed are those, the common one used, hello, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus wasn't just talking about uh, being hungry for his presence, guys. He wasn't just saying, be hungry for uh, you know, my anointing, be hunger, hungry for the infilling of my Holy Spirit. Although, there were certain truths in that. There was far beyond that. The righteousness he was talking is a, literally an effect of our lives and our, our decision and our heart. Doing what is right. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Not just my presence, but who I am, my nature. You know, the one thing, the overall theme in the Bible, when the Bible talks about holiness, is it breaks it down. Why should you be holy? Have you ever looked? It simply says, because he is holy. You know, why do us as Christians boil down holiness and righteousness to something that Jesus is just going to one day in our life go, there, now you're holy. Yep, I did. Now you're not going to have those desires. You ever ask yourself that in your own walk with the Lord? I know I've come to that that cross. Even in uh, really sincerely crying out, Lord, purify my life in this area. You know, I've had, I've struggled with sin that has not been easy to cast off, has not been easy to get loose from. And, and, and oftentimes in those uh, times of struggle, I often thought God was just one day going to go... Here you go, son. It's all all done. But you know what the funny thing is? It never happened. It never happened. Hopefully today in Scripture, we can paint out that we play a role in this. You know, it's as simple as this. God gave us a free will to choose. What would it be if he was just an evil taskmaster saying, Okay, Daryl. I'm just gonna turn off this te- no, better yet. You didn't, uh, you know. I'm gonna turn off your cable right now. You know, this is bad. You shouldn't be doing this. Turn it off. And just all of a sudden, it just poop it disappears. Oh well, that was easy. It's not like that, is, is, it? It hasn't been like that from creation, and I don't know where we think it's gonna be like that any day, anytime soon. There has to come a choice. Matter of fact, when the Bible breaks down holiness and righteousness. Peter's writings, Paul's writings, he says, You gotta work. You gotta do something. It's my desire for you to be holy. It's my desire for you to bear my image, you know, uh, uh, under this, you know, holy God that we would bear his image in this matter of holiness. But you gotta work it out. It's not, because I would be a taskmaster, I would be some kind of, you know, hierarchy, even though God is, you know, a high man. But he would be a a fighter rather than a lover what would it be for my wife to say, Daryl, not that I do, so please i'm just putting things in some kind of storyline. What would it be if my if i have a, if I had a wondering eye let's say I, I see it on a lot of men you're driving down the street whoa what is that i've seen men who have done it when their wives are sitting right there. What would it be if that was me and I had that 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 uh that uh that, that manner of me where I was just gawking at anything I wanted to even in front of my wife you know, of course my wife would slap me and say what are you doing and hopefully kick me out of the house for a couple of weeks get me in some counseling and get my butt right, hopefully that was what would happen uh, and most certainly with my wife it would but and it's, 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 it's I'm just breaking it down to a situation obviously that's not the way God handles it I want you to hear me in this God would rather you not stare at something you shouldn't talk with. Listen, I'm not trying to boil it down. I'm simply just giving examples. But God would much rather you not say the words uh, that you shouldn't say. Watch the things that you shouldn't do. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. He would rather you not do that because of a love for Him than Him slapping you upside the head saying, No, nope. oh, turn off the electricity. You know, whatever it might be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruin your computer. Hack. You know, whatever it might be. He would much rather love be the anchor of you saying, No! Shut that door. Yeah. Than then Him saying, No, you've got to do this. Why are you not doing it? He never once will do that. It's not in His character. It's not in His nature. You can find that in Genesis. He has given us a free will. And in that free will means that we must partner our will to His will for our life. And make right choices to live holy and righteous. Unto the Lord. But it can only happen if the anchor again, if the core is love. Some of us think, why has it been years? I can't I can't break pornography. I can't I can't I can't break smoking. I can't break swearing. I can't break looking at things that I shouldn't break.
1: Why is it? I love
0: God. Why is it? Do you really? Do you really? I know I had to ask these hard questions. I had about when I got saved. Now I'm just going to bare my heart a little bit. I, I want you to be absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to feel as if this is a good thing to do, but I I, I really feel as though the best word is just the, our own testimony sometimes. You know, I had a battle. If you would have looked at me prior to Christ. My vice, my sin was, I was very sexual. I was a very sexual man. I was very loose, given over to just, you know, some of my friends, it was drugs. Some of it was this and that. Mine was just, it was, I was hugely, hugely sexual. It's a lot of brokenness in my my family line, my father, and all this sorts of madness. But that was a serious vice. And coming to know the Lord, it was hard to shake that. You know, when you're just given over to being. Loose in your sexuality, popping open the computer whenever you want, looking at pornography, calling up girls and just trying, I know I'm not a very good looking guy, I get it, but, you know, calling up girls and trying to just, you know, get them to be with you, whatever. You have no kind of emotional connection, you just, you just want, you know what I'm talking about. And that was my advice, and, 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 be, and coming into knowing the Lord, it just didn't go like that. There was a lot of things that did. I love music, I had, this might be too far off uh, the beaten trail for you, but when I was saved, uh, I got rid of my music. Understand, I am a musician, music was a serious vice uh, in my life. I wasn't just listening to uh, U2, uh, you know, I was listening to a lot of stuff that just was dark in nature. It was it a was, uh, matter of fact, I think a lot of music is dark in nature. And, and your sensitivity is uh, really, uh, I think, contingent on your discernment of just how dark that music is. You know, some of us can listen to Coldplay, but if we look at Coldplay's website, if we look into a lot of some of their words, well, maybe you would think twice before you listen to Coldplay. I'm sorry. is that religious? I, listen, I love Coldplay. I love music. But I'll be damned if that stuff is coming into my house. Amen. I'll be damned if that stuff is coming into my ears. That may be too a little extreme for you, but that's my opinion. Anyways, my vice was in, in brokenness in my sexuality, who I was. And it just didn't go overnight. And I remember uh, having specially, uh, not a, not a special, but all throughout my life, just a real sensitivity towards God. I didn't know much. I probably still don't. But I, I knew that I loved God. You know, I had just a sensitivity. and You know, unfortunately in my life, it wasn't like... I got saved and just uh, went on the road to sanctification. You know, just kind of like dealt with character issues. I got saved and I was trusted, be it right or wrong, into ministry. It's just the way it was. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know in the church, but if there's a void, they're looking for anybody to fill it. And if you got clean, uh, then just... Get him up there, and let him do his thing. who cares who uh, he is character you know I'm, I'm preaching, you know heresy, I'm doing all these sorts of stuff that's just weird and whatnot. but I remember having a, a genuine sensitivity and love for the Lord. Um, so I say all that because I say all that because um, you know this, this, this vice in me, this thorn in my flesh, didn't just leave overnight, and it just didn't leave as passionate as I thought and as in love as I thought I was with God. And, and there was one night, I was so broken. I had just done something that was totally off the charts. You know, I, something that just you know, was not right. <clears throat> and I'm, I remember the presence of the Lord coming into my room that night. And, I'm, and I, before that, I'm just saying, God, I love you. What is this in my life? What is this that has such a hold on me? Why can't I shake it? Here I am, God. I'm giving myself to leadership. I'm, I, I, I'm speaking. I'm leading worship. I'm starting to travel at this time. I'm like, Lord, what the heck is going on? I feel like two different people, and I want to feel like one. Yeah. I said, I, I just began to cry out, Lord, I love you, and, and I just felt the Spirit of God say gently, "Do you? Do you?" I remember just in that midst of brokenness, I'm thinking, I'm bawling, there's nobody laying hands on me, obviously the Lord knows that, I'm tender, but... like, <laughs> of course, hopefully the Lord say, yes, you do, my son, and that's why I'm going to rip this thorn, I'm going to take this 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 vice of of broken sexuality out of your life, and I'm going to transform you. It wasn't the way it was. The Spirit of God said gently, do you really? And through the case of events in that time in that room, the Lord showed me that I really loved my sin more than I loved Him. That may be kind of out there for you. That may be kind of out there for you. But it wasn't out there certainly at that time for me. It was very real. It was very honest. It was very genuine. And it wasn't until I realized just how much I loved what I did. You know, a lot of us just blame things on brokenness, it's just my weakness. No, it ain't friend, it's sin. And that was my life. I was making excuses upon excuses where I was just saying, ah, it's just so broken. And yes, there is some of that in there. But all I know is a broken and contrite heart the Lord will not deny. And I felt a lot of denial. Anyways... So it wasn't until I understood just how much I really loved uh, uh, what I was doing, how much I was really just, it felt good, it felt right, that the Lord was honest and His kindness drew near to me, showed me how much I love it, and then I was like, you're right, you're right, Lord. And I began to uh, uh, develop new habits and new ways of thinking. I was renewed in my mind, just realizing that, no, you know, yes, I'm broken, yes, I'm weak, and I'm still lovely in your eyes. But yes, I love this sin. It is, it is, it, there is something so gratifying about this. Once I started to talk honestly, because he already knew, he already knew the, the honesty of my heart. He was just waiting for me to catch up to what he already knew. So I caught up to what he already knew, and it was at that moment, I started experiencing deliverance in my life over something that I thought I would be a failure for years. I thought it would rob my children, as my dad's experience robbed me. I thought it would rob my family, my wife. But no, God in His kindness. And sometimes, it it wasn't comfortable. When you're told by God, do you really love me? That's hard to accept. Especially in our day, in our culture. But man, He was honest, He was kind. And I was delivered. I don't know where I'm going. There's so much... Scripture here that I want to get to, but we're gonna close soon. Maybe I'll do it again next week. So we read, Blessed are those who are who are hung who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, Matthew 5 6. We're all familiar. Philippians 2 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, yeah. <laughs> that will preach in itself. That will preach in itself. What? Who are we in the presence of our Christian and brothers and sisters? I I can testify that there was one time in my life where I was a fake man. But Paul says, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue, here's the word, work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. What happened to those words in the body of Christ? Is it just me? Are those lost their meaning and their importance? I just don't say it. Do you? Man, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That work, we'll look into it, that that word work, uh, uh, we'll look into it later, but it actually means you have to do something. I have to do something to work out my salvation with what? Fear and trembling. I love it. I love it. If there's one overriding Principle, our prayer of my life, is that I would embody our, our, our walk in the fear of the Lord. Yeah. I think it's, it's missing amongst many Christians. All this stock about God's love and, and faith and who you can be once you accept God. Yada, yada, yada. I love it. I love faith. I love His love. But where is the message about fearing and reverencing Him? There's plenty of scriptures, guys, that back it up. There's just not too many people behind the pulpit speaking about it. Hebrews Hebrews 12:14. I love this. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a what? Holy life. For those who are not holy, this is going to hit you, will not see the Lord. Guys, we don't need to break that in context. We don't need to put that in some kind of theological, you know, what was he talking about? What was the context of, of what he was mentioning? What was the exact? No, it is plain and simple, folks. It will be impossible to see God without holiness in operation in our lives. Why? I've said it before. The Bible breaks it down very simple. We're to be holy because what? He is holy. And ultimately, the goal... And our whole Christian life is to bear the image of who He is. And that doesn't mean just in our faces and our hair and our clothes. Of course, I don't think any of those, maybe. But, but, but indeed, in holiness and righteousness, the Bible says that, that Jesus is not returning. He's only returning for a bride who has no spots, no blemishes, no, no sin within them. What do we do with scriptures like that? You've got to process them. You've got to get them in. Because it's actually part of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. I love it! Man. Listen, I understand all the arguments. I understand all the arguments. I understand all the excuses. Just because I understand them, don't necessarily believe, don't believe for a second that I agree with them. I don't want to just kind of form arguments around certain scriptures. I don't want to form uh, uh, debates and I want to just have the simplicity of the Word wash me. Say, Lord, just wash me in truth. Now, I understand there's a place for that. I, I really do. Uh, I, I, I I love those who study the Word, who really get in there and understand Amen. the concepts and the context and, and get into the theological... Uh, but, but sometimes those things can just water down truth. Where they're just... They're just meant to keep the ball going with, without the effect of the actual scripture hitting us and getting inside of us and transforming us. Keeps us dull, man. I've talked to some people. They would bring up scripture. We talk about this, and that, and they just kind of... Well, brother, you're kind of taking that out of context. Let me actually give you the theological. And then by the time you get to the end of the conversation, you're like, "I'm worn out. I'm worn out." You're telling me that the Bible is too hard to understand. I'm not yelling, I'm just passionate. <laughs> no, guys, it was meant for, it was written for people who weren't educated at all. Anyways, it's not a slam against education. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I'm just trying to gather my thoughts. I, had a, I overheard a conversation about a young lady who thought she was losing her mind because of some friends that she had were ultimately dis, in disagreement with uh, some of her um, understanding, <laughs> biblical understanding, some of the ways that she lived her life. And um, I got very aggravated in my heart when I was hearing the story because basically they were trying to make this young girl feel like she was loony for wanting to abstain from certain things, to want to to want to honor God in her lifestyle, and honestly, her background um, was probably deemed as sheltered by most people, um, you know. But sometimes that's not bad. Anyways, this girl started experiencing some confusion um, in her heart, just just in regards to the years of being in with her family, the years of hearing certain teaching. And, and those teachings being challenged by, um, by falsehoods, I believe, by just doctrines of devils. You know, again, I don't know why ever holiness has become something that is um, legalism or just something. You know, the, the funny thing that I hear lately is that, well, you are just in the honeymoon season of your walk with the Lord. What does that mean? Can you, uh, you know, I, I was told that once by a pastor, a well-meaning pastor. I was 17. And, uh, we, um, Through God trying to get character on my life, you know the best way to get character is meet with your pastor. Not one time, but many times. Mm-hmm. Send up, so, set up some uh, times together where you just can uh, have transparency, openness, conversation, and that's what I did. I realized, I need character. There's some anointing here. It's working. But without character, God, this anointing is just going to fade. So I began to cleave to my pastor. And, um, you know... He's a great. He was a great guy, he still is, great man, love him. But I remember just sharing, uh, just newly in the Lord, just sharing my heart and some experiences that I was having with the Lord. Uh, and um, and uh, it, was, it was on the, on the lines of, of just things that I felt like God was calling me to. A life of holiness, that I wasn't to give myself to certain things. I wasn't uh, to, to do certain things that maybe were acceptable for others to do. Maybe were okay for others to do. I just felt like that kind of pull. Oh, And and the pastor just gently said, You know, Daryl, you're just in your honeymoon season. It's like you're newly to the Lord. That stuff will, it will, it will, it will relax. It will lessen. It will get weak. And I just remember that time. I'm like, Really? (coughs) Really? Because in my heart, I remember just saying, I didn't say this to him because I had mad respect for him, mad love. But in my heart, I remember thinking, I was like, I don't want it to. I don't want it to weaken. And matter of fact, there's been times in my life when I feel, I, I, I've, uh, I've had the feeling of it weakening. And my prayer is, that's why some of our language in J-Hop is just, awaken me. Why? Because we're just, <laughs> we're just full of, of things that we shouldn't be full of. And we're simply saying, God, we need you, awaken me. I, I, I Talk to some kids, they're like, you guys always pray the same things. It's because we're still in need of the same thing. So, I just remember thinking, I don't want it to stop. I don't want... If this is a honeymoon season, then keep me here, Lord. Because you know what? I'll say this to that person, even though she's probably not in the room today, whoever said that to her, and who said that to me, it's a lie that's from hell. And all it does is it gives birth to complacency and dullness and apathy. And how many... And the world want to see a pathetic, complacent church. I knew that was my main problem. I didn't want God because I saw how pathetic, how unreal it seemed. Because I knew that nobody was actually living what they were talking about. And that's where genuine faith and power comes from. Again, when the church becomes the salt and the light. Where their lifestyles line up with their words. It sounds corny. It sounds cliche. But it's the truth. You want to see power released from your life? Get honest with yourself. Get honest with God. Beard your heart before Him. You know, get honest with somebody else. Start to be transparent and reveal those things that are happening in darkness. Reveal those things that are happening between closed doors. So, anyways. I really feel like we're going to sum up there. To continue next Sunday because I didn't really even touch upon some of the things that I want to touch upon. Listen, I am in no way trying to heap up condemnation. Matter of fact, I see these message, messages as very liberating, yeah. mm-hmm. they give life to my soul. Maybe that's not the way uh, it is for you, but I want to encourage you that you would trust the Holy Spirit in this. There was one time in my life where I had to trust the Holy Spirit. There was a lot of things that I was hearing uh, uh, being preached and hearing being spoken behind the pulpit that I got confused. I looked at it as condemnation, where it was the Spirit of God trying to convict my heart of sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's very easy to get those two confused. And the Lord wouldn't have that. Guys, sometimes that tug at our heart, that kind of downcast Uh, Kind of lowly, uh, humble, broken thing where it's like, oh, the preacher's words are getting into my heart. They're getting into me. I want to encourage you to invite it. Invite it. Because most likely, come on, it is conviction. It's not condemnation. And you can rest in this that the Lord loves. I can just, I'm paraphrasing. The Lord, if He's convicting you, it's because He loves you. It's because He says, you are my son, you are my daughter. And He's not going to let you go into your own ways, your own devices, your own thoughts about Him, your own thoughts. In this. Isn't that beautiful about God? And sometimes that, that being chastised by the Lord, it doesn't necessarily feel good. It doesn't necessarily feel like you want to welcome it. But I want to encourage you, it is. It is, friends. Don't buy into the lie. If you... You know, I know, listen... I just speak from my heart. I know this place would be busting at the seams if we just watered down our message, if we would just keep away from preaching about holiness, if we would just maybe stir away from all the time preaching about uh, purity, consecration, abortion. I'll go there. I'll go there. Listen, I've been in this city for six years. I know the hot topics. And I didn't choose to be this man. God chose me to be who I am. And I'll be, dang, if I'm going to water it down for some kind of cultural uh, feeling or, or, or kind of what we should say and what we shouldn't say. I know. I've been here for six years. I hear what other pastors say. I hear what other people say. But would it be right? Guys, we don't need to be steering away from these things. A lot of times we can just ask the Holy Spirit simply, Holy Spirit, redefine these things to me. Redefine the message of holiness. I've asked that many times. Lord, I, when I have the sense of feeling like I feel condemned, and I know it's the Spirit of God just trying to say, no, this isn't condemnation. This is actually good for your heart. Get into it. Lean into it. I know uh, that it is good when I do it, man. And I know the process that happens when I don't, the things that I'm thinking about when, per, when the person's preaching. But I choose, and I want to encourage you and exhort you to choose, to lean into it. Yeah. Lean into it in your own heart. Don't think every negative, negative word that's spoken in your spirit or your ears about, you know, that, what I mean by negative is obviously when I heard the Lord say, do you love me? That didn't necessarily feel good. But I let it, I welcomed it into my heart and I said, Lord, let it work the yeah. process of holiness. That's the that's the that's why Christ did what He did. He didn't die so that you can put a band-aid on your sin, or you can put a band-aid on your un, your unrighteousness. He died that you would be and live victorious. Not just in the age to come, but in this age. Friend, it can be done. The book of Proverbs says, If a man walks in according to the Spirit, how then can he be familiar with his own ways? We need the exercising of our spirit man to become unfamiliar some of our own ways and more familiar the things and the ways of God. Amen. 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 I, always stand. I don't have any emotional music to play today. Paul's not feeling good. So he's he, he's blessing us with his presence this evening but I think he went back up the stairs to look his wound. Let's just stand on our feet. Guys, seriously... Um, this, this message is motivated from love. It's not motivated that I um, want to judge or heap up any kind of falsehoods on you or condemnation. So please, you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth. He will. He will. He will. There's probably uh, a weakness in my words and, and, and kind of you know, frailty you know, in my communication. But the Lord is kind. He will connect the dots always, always. We don't need to put pastors and people who preach on this pedestal that they can't let us down or they they, they always have to say the right things, guys. Let's just trust in the Lord. He will figure it out. He will make it make sense. God, we love you tonight. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that we are your children. We are loved by you, God, that you come alongside of us, Lord. You challenge us. You provoke us. And Lord, we ask, oh, that You would continue to provoke us. We ask, God, that Your Spirit, Lord, as we leave this place, would be heavy upon us, Lord, not to just give ourselves to the regular things that we give ourselves to, but Lord, in prayer, contemplating the message, Lord, getting it on yeah. the inside of us, Lord. I ask God for just uh, the raising up of a holy uh, a group of young men and women. God, why are we so even glad yeah, about that word, Father? But I ask God for two true, genuine holiness and righteousness to burn within us, God, that we would bear your image in all things, in all manners. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Uh, One thing before we close, Christina, um, actually, Noah has something to say. And then, Christina, we just want to fill in the gaps with uh, Thursday. So if you can just hang out, just hang out, sit down for a little bit. We'll close. Hang with us.